0: Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip you, our listener, with the helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. I'm Josh Clues, a wealth advisor with Carson Wealth here in the Woodlands, Texas. I believe my calling in this life is to enable others to fulfill their own calling by helping them harness their financial wealth to their purpose in life. Please join me each week for market thoughts, planning ideas, and most importantly, intangible balance sheet discussions, which highlight the importance of all those things money can't buy and death can't take away. Investment advisory services offered through CWM, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Welcome in again to this week's edition of Wisdom and Wealth. I'm Josh Clues, uh, as always, yeah, the host of this podcast. I'm a senior wealth planner here in Car- for Carson Wealth in the Woodlands, Texas. I'd like to you know quickly summarize last week's uh, topic before moving on. Um, and I, I joked last week that this was going to be called the Forbidden Questions series, um, but in all seriousness, uh, my goal with these podcasts is to equip you, you know, dear listener, uh, with the right questions for interviewing a financial professional. You may be interviewing a financial advisor or a financial planner for many reasons. Maybe it's for the first time uh, that you're about to hire one yourself. Maybe you're interviewing your parents' existing advisor, or maybe you have an existing relationship that you want to ensure is going to help take you to the next level and it's going to have the uh, capability of equipping you for the next level. I want to be able to equip you with the ability to cut through kind of the cliches and, and marketing noise that might be out there. And really, I b- believe that this ability to help you understand uh, the critical questions uh, of the arrangement it's, is really essential. And this, it's only going to uh, become a more pivotal skill set the more that AI influences our information overload. Uh, information at scale is really no good to you unless you have an uh, have the ability to understand what applies to you and what doesn't, and how it applies to you. So, equipping you to ask the right questions is is never been more uh, valuable. So to briefly summarize, last week I had uh, said that you should always ask the, the following questions. Okay. Whose client are you going to be? Are you going to be the advisor's client? Or are you going to be the advisor, or rather, are you going to be the client of the firm? Two very different things, and there's a distinction that needs to be made there. Please refer back to last week's episode if you have questions about that. Uh, The next question you should be asking uh, the person that across the table from you is how many clients do you have and how many engagements uh, does your average client have with you in a year? Um, And and lastly, I I had said that you need to walk through your wealth planning process. You know, does that look like one giant surge meeting per year, um, semi-annual meetings, quarterly meetings? Um, Is there a service calendar at play where you look at a different topic every year? And then what is the availability for emergency meetings? And by that, I mean having the ability to call at a moment's notice and get on your advisor's calendar uh, to walk through a life event, a market event, something that is going on as it applies to your financial plan, and how quickly can you get those questions answered if you have them? So this week I want to expand on to some more questions that just come uh, to the top of my mind uh, at a high level and you know we'll go narrower and narrower as the series continues but for now, I want to walk through some of these discussions that have the ability to help you um, hold your own in those conversations and, and go one or two questions deep deeper than the average person I want you to feel comfortable asking the right questions and confident in those conversations so the next piece that i would have you ask is what is your revenue structure tell me more about your firm's revenue structure and what i'm asking for here is you know is is the percentage of revenue that the firm generates um from financial services is it a flat fee is it a fixed is it from fixed fees um or does a percentage come from commissions the next question that you would ask is hey How many of your staff has their their Series 7 license? And if so, why do they still have it? Uh, Do they still do brokerage-style stock trading on behalf of your clients? What percentage of your clients are they doing that? And what percentage of your revenue is being generated from these trades? Uh, Those are things that you need to get out in the open very quickly. The next piece that you would probably want to bring up uh, beyond that is um how um d- does any of your firm have their insurance license and why um do you have referral arrangements with insurance professionals and you know you're basically asking hey I want to understand more about how your advisors or your advisors are compensated because if there's commissions coming from insurance products you need to know about that before you sign any and and buy any insurance products, whether it be term life or annuities or things of that nature, which, you know, may or may not be right for you, whether it's long-term care, whatever the case may be, it's an insurance product uh, that they're selling. You need to be aware of that. So I I jogged my memory when I asked this question or I came up with this question. I talked to a CEO of a a larger um, RIA and I had asked this exact question and his answer was, Hey, it's a small percentage of our annual revenue that we get from insurance products. And we do this because we care about our clients. We don't want to just have to refer them out to anyone. And so we have a small number of our staff that is able to walk them through and actually broker those transactions in house. And while it's not a wrong answer, I, I respected it personally. Uh, I myself have chosen not to make any revenue from any insurance arrangements that clients bring. You know that that they need. I would rather have the the ability to just refer them to someone uh, that is brokering that deal that has their best interests at heart, and then help them make the the right decision based off of those uh, those options that are on the table. The next piece that I want to hone in on is, uh, what I see is commonly overlooked. And it's funny because it's hiding in plain sight most of the time. And it's, there's an emphasis placed on fees when you're talking with an advisor, you know, Hey, what are your fees? And and the emphasis is on negotiating the lowest possible fee. Um, and there's some somehow in which we, it's the only area of life where we want to brag about how little we pay rather than how much we pay. Um, no one brags about how little their Ferrari cost, right? But you know, somehow in financial services, it's, it's the exact opposite. So typically when I hear someone talking about how low their fees are, I'm going to want to know the following. Um, is the advisor they're partnering with using mutual funds? So if you're sitting across the table from someone, say, hey, talk to me about how you manage money. Do you use outside third parties? And if so, are they mutual funds? Are they ETFs? Are they index funds? Um, do you buy individual stocks? What what, what is it that you're you're doing on behalf of your clients? So the reason I ask about the mutual funds is typically in that arrangement, those fees that are internal to the mutual fund that can be anywhere from fifty basis points to one additional basis point mean or one one hundred additional basis points, meaning. Half a percent to an additional one percent uh, are not being disclosed typically, and those are internal to the mutual fund. So the client never really sees them. So the client can say, "Hey, I, I'm getting you know 80 basis points. I'm getting all of my financial planning for 80 basis points." And then you look under the hood, and they own a bunch of mutual funds, uh, which bring them up close to two percent when you're looking at everything in its entirety. So I can walk you through why, uh, different mutual funds may not be the best option for you or why there may be more efficient options out there. Um, please reach out to me. I, I, I can talk to you about that. The other piece that I want to know is, uh, if, if low fees are being kind of brought out at the forefront, I want to know what the succession plan of the advisor that you're working with, what, you know, what, or that you're interviewing, what is their succession plan? Because low fees typically have a direct correlation with low profitability. And if there's low profitability, my next question is, well, how many clients uh, on margin are is this advisor going to have to have in order to make up for that low, mar- that low profitability factor? So if you're competing, again, back to my original question earlier, do you really think that when you have to compete with 200 additional people for time, that where do you think you're going to stack rank amongst those those 200 additional relationships, and what happens uh, during market volatility? Mar- market volatility when you all want to get a hold of your advisor and get uh, get insight. The other piece that may not be thought about is sometimes the, the reason that people will have lower fees is because they they plan on selling their their establishment, they they plan on being bought out uh, by a larger RAA or maybe even bought out by private equity. If that's going to be the case, you want to know before you enter into that relationship. And it is on their honor, really, to tell you what their intentions are. Um, is it a family firm? Is it uh, something that they want to keep you know, private for a long time? Or are they Are they going to be bought out by someone else over a period of time? And what does that look like? So again, I don't ever want clients to get hung up on fees in in this particular instance. Look at the value of what is being offered. Look at the number of value-added services that are being offered and stack rank those against other options that are in the marketplace. When, when the waters get choppy, you want to have uh, a good idea that your advisor uh, is, is looking out for you um, and is looking forward to looking out for you and, and not viewing you as you know, someone that is, is simply a, a low margin client or a, a low uh, value uh, relationship. That's not the way that you want to start in any relationship. So hopefully these questions have given you, um, just a little bit more confidence as you approach the table, uh, and, and interview clients. So again, I want you to look at, um, how, um, how many client, you know, um, how many clients that the firm that you're looking at is working with? Um, how do they generate their their revenue? Um, I also want you to look at um, things like insurance products, you know, what what percentage of commissions are they getting? Um, but also, again, back to that whole client to advisor ratio, if the, if the fees are low, um, then that means that they're probably going to have to take on more clients in order to have a, a normally profitable business and a a fully healthy profitable practice which means that your service is going to be spread a little bit more thin in in some cases so again if you have any questions please reach out to us thank you so much for your time if you have any questions uh, please feel free to reach out to us at any time and also if i may ask please like rate and subscribe to the podcast as that helps us reach additional listeners and serve additional listeners have a great week and know that we're wishing you truth beauty and goodness on the road ahead Thank you again for joining us. We trust that this time has left you better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. May you and your family find truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in the Wisdom & Wealth podcast by Josh Clues are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, please consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. The guests on the Wisdom & Wealth podcast are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services are offered through CWM LLC an SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Please know that converting from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. A Roth IRA offers tax-free withdrawals on taxable contributions. To qualify for a tax-free and penalty-free withdrawal on earnings, a Roth IRA must be in place for at least five tax years. The distribution must take place after age 59 and a half or due to death, disability, for a first-time home purchase of up to $10,000 lifetime maximum. Depending on state law, Roth IRA distributions may be subject to state taxes. Our local address is 1780 Hughes Landing, Suite 570, Woodlands, Texas, 77380.